You're listening to Clearing the Haze, episode number 60, Helping the Cheaters Pass. Keeping today's workplace drug-free should not be confusing. This is the Clearing the Haze podcast, giving you the tools you need to most effectively address drug and alcohol use and decreased productivity in the workplace while investing in your positive company image. Now, here's your host, Chuck Marting. Imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. Albert Einstein. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Clearing the Haze. I'm your host, Chuck Marting. Hey, you know, this episode is one that finally came to a head. (laughs) It is something that has been boiling on the back of the stove for a while now and needed to be addressed. So I hope you understand, and I hope it resonates with you. And for some of you, you may be aware of this, but it just has not been talked about. But today, we're going to address, here on Clearing the Haze, those who are helping the cheaters pass their drug tests. You know, with many businesses that are starting back, or they're trying to return from the COVID stay-at-home recommendations across the nation, There are a lot of employers that are eager to get back at what they were doing, but they need either employees to return to work or they're doing their best to hire new employees. And the biggest problem that employers are having is in finding current and new employees who can pass the company drug tests. Now, most of the individuals say that during the time that they were at home, that not knowing if they were going to have a job to return to, They began to self-medicate due to either stress or anxiety of the situation. And most of the time, the two most common substances that have been abused have been both marijuana and alcohol. Now, the number of instances that we've experienced in discovering individuals having used synthetic urine in an attempt to ensure that they can pass their company drug test has rose alarmingly. We also are finding a segment of businesses who have been manipulating the drug testing of future employers to ensure placement of job seekers. And by doing so, have made sure that they are now being paid for locating and placing a much needed employee in the workplace. What are the two businesses we have experienced doing this either knowingly or due to a lack of training or ignoring the drug testing results in the first place has been employment staffing services and medical clinics. Yes, I know that not all of the employment staffing services and medical clinics are doing this, but I have to tell you, we're experiencing a large number of them who either haven't been trained to know what to look for when synthetic urine is substituted in drug testing along with the clinics who haven't been trained or now, or they even know what to look for when it comes to synthetic urine. As one of our new clients shared with me, Chuck, I have my driver who just got in an accident. I take him immediately to, let's say, 123 Medical Clinic to do a post-accident screening. The technician never had my driver empty his pockets. He never had him remove his outer jacket or vest. He didn't even have him wash his hands. I watched all of this as it went down. Afterwards, the nurse completing the test, I asked her, 
why she didn't have the driver empty his pockets, remove his jacket or vest, or wash his hands. And his response, my only requirement is to get a sample from your driver. And as long as it's yellow in the cup and I have enough to package and have it sent off to the lab, that's all I'm required to do. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is a perfect example as to how a business loses clients and services like mine and yours are now doing all the drug and alcohol testing for this client. What I just told you is a true story and one where we're ending up gaining a new statewide client because we care about the client and the process we perform for them to ensure that they are not only in compliance, but have a safe and drug-free workplace. Because of the thoroughness of the process and the attention to detail we give in drug testing collections, one of our team members, only going through the training course that we teach on recognizing and identifying synthetic urine when drug testing, was just recognized as an expert witness in court based on her performance and recovery and identification of countless numbers of donors who have given her synthetic urine and then admitting or we discovering that they have used synthetic urine when they hand us the bottle. And they use this to cheat on their employer-mandated drug screening. That speaks volumes when you're about learning the process and you care about your clients. So how, may you ask, do I know staffing services and medical clinics have actually helped cheaters? Well, I'm glad you asked. I have a couple of examples for you. I was called to a post-accident for a client when I arrived. The staffing agency that this client uses to place new employees for them was also on site conducting pre-employment rapid screen testing as part of their service. As I finished the post-accident testing that I needed to do for this employer, I began to pay attention to what this individual from the staffing service was doing and how he was conducting, conducting the rapid screen drug testing. So for instance, he never had an individual empty their pockets. He never had them remove outer garments, sweatshirts, jackets. Rather, he gave them instructions, showing them the cup, telling them to go into the restroom and to put about this much in the cup and then bring it back out to him, this collector, or person from the staffing agency rather, never had them wash their hands. He never checked the restroom before they entered or after they left the restroom. When the donor was finished, he came out, he handed the cup to the staffing employee who then tore off the label immediately to look for the results. I never saw him check for a temperature, never had seen him look to whether he had urine in the cup, or it could have just been tap water for that matter. Or in other words, he was just going through the motions. You know, this really concerned me, and I brought this up to the HR contact who had had me come out to do the post-accident testing for their employer. Her response was, well, this is their process. I don't know anything about it. So... How would you have dealt with this situation? I went into more detail with this HR individual as to what my concerns were with how the process was being done and how the staffing agency employee wasn't following standards for a professional drug test. I also advised the PR per, HR person on how this individual 
was not helping them in hiring a quality applicant. If they were shortcutting the drug testing portion of this and they're trying to save money by offering them an all-in-one product that was all-inclusive. I wish I could tell you that this was a one-in-a-lifetime occurrence, but obviously with this podcast and with us talking about it here, it wasn't. Just this last week, an individual came into our office for a pre-employment drug test, and our collector, after receiving the specimen from the donor, advised him that there was no temperature on the cup, there was no smell of urine, in fact, there was no smell at all. There was no foam, no bubbles, nothing that would indicate that this was a valid collectible sample. He then explained to the donor that this specimen was not an acceptable specimen, telling him all the things that I just mentioned to you. Now, keep in mind that this was not a DOD, DOT drug test, but rather just a rapid screen drug test for an employer. What made this situation even more different than any of the others that we run across was that it was a staffing agency that had sent this individual in to be tested. After contacting them, they said to retest him. And so when they went to go do the second specimen, this individual was adamant that he was not giving a second specimen. And he walked out of our facility knowing that once he did, it would be reported as a refusal to test. What was reported to us Next, when we contacted the staffing agency, was mind-blowing. When the collector contacted them to advise them that their donor had refused to test and had walked out of our facility, the staffing agency person became upset and stated to the collector, why is it that when we send people for testing to your facility, you find people giving synthetic urine? But when we send them to 123 Clinic, they go and they pass the test with no issue. Well, therein lies the answer. To me, it's pretty evident that sometimes we just have to take time to educate not only employers, but now staffing agencies as to how individuals will cheat on tests and how some facilities, in this case a medical clinic, they're not trained on what to look for for synthetic urine, as was stated before, if it's a temperature, wet, yelling in the cup, hey, it's getting sent to the lab. This is a very poor practice and one that benefits no one in the end. Here's another one for you. We went to another client that called on us to do some random drug testing after having many of their employees involved in post-accidents or having people they found not performing their jobs in a timely manner or they just weren't performing their jobs at all. And they were finding no reason as to why these individuals were not conducting or doing the job they were being paid for. When we got on site, we were advised that we would have 20 people to test. And so we sat up, we got everything ready, and we started testing the first two individuals who, you guessed it, had given us synthetic urine. When talking to these individuals, when explaining to them what we'd seen and what we were looking at, and we asked them what was going on, it was very similar in what they said. But basically, the one that I talked to stated to me, yeah, I know, I wasn't going to pass my test. I didn't pass my test when I did it with the staffing agency. I told them that it was just weed that I was doing and that it was legal. And they told me that that was fine, to not do it anymore, 
and that they were going to give me a second chance. This, however, was not approved or even relayed to the employer who was told by the staffing agency that all the placements that were put in his company, that all of them had passed their pre-employment drug screen with them. That was 20 people that they had placed. And out of the 20 people, eight of them had given us synthetic urine. Every one of them, again, placed by the staffing agency. All given, quote unquote, second chances so that they could have a job and so that the staffing agency could be paid. Now, again, keep in mind, I'm not saying that every staffing agency is conducting business this way or every clinic, for that matter, is conducting business this way. However, I am alarmed as to how many we have come across just recently that seem to be putting people in places to work at all costs. Now, remember, most of these agencies, they are not going to get paid unless they are able to place somebody in the workplace. And when they do, they get a percentage of that person's pay in most cases. And if it's definitely an incentive for them to be able to place employees into the workplace rather than not placing someone because they failed a drug test. This has been well documented by other staffing agencies when interviewed by local news media, when they have said that it's really difficult for them to find individuals to go into the workplace that can pass a drug test. So what would you do in this, in this situation? What is the solution? Well, the first thing that comes to mind would be in educating our clients as to who is doing their pre-employment drug screening. We need to ask them about their training, their certification, and how they conduct drug and alcohol testing. Ask what procedures are they and their collectors using, and how will they be testing these employees? Ask when what they would do if someone was to give them substituted or synthetic urine to pass a drug screen. Do they have policies in place addressing that within the hiring process? The next thing that I would suggest is asking the staff and agency if random testing is conducted and who does that testing? In most cases, what we're discovering is that once these individuals are tested for pre-employment, they go into the workplace and there is no follow-up. There's no random testing. There's only testing that occurs if there's a post-accident, if someone is injured, or if there's reasonable suspicion to believe someone is under the influence of drugs or alcohol. All we can do is be aware of the situation, communicate with our clients, and offer to conduct these tests for them and help them in understanding that by going to a staffing agency and allowing them to do the all-inclusive testing, if that's not what they do, is not helping to prevent workplace accidents, impairment in the workplace, or in finding individuals under the influence of alcohol or drugs. After educating some of these staffing agencies, what we have done is referred them to trainings. We made, the, we made offers to them for training in these areas and on these topics. Now, they can take these things through us, through our company, Impairment Detection Academy, and learn how to do the training both on-site or because of a lot of the COVID concerns that individuals have right now, 
They can do this all online. You can help set up education training, reasonable suspicion training, or any other drug or alcohol training that is needed. If you don't have the ability to provide this training yourself, there are places such as the company that I have, Impairment Detection Academy, that can provide these tests, these training options for you and your clients. You can also go to Indesa, and they as well. If you don't know who Indesa is, they're the National Drug and Alcohol Screening Association. They also are able to provide ongoing training certifications and things like that for not only those of us in this industry, but also employers that are seeking this type of training as well. Like the bottom line is the only way that we're going to defeat this is by working together to ensure that employers have individuals that are entering the workplace who are drug-free and that they can work and both the client and the employees have a safe workplace and environment to be in. If you haven't already, I would suggest making contact or knowing who the staffing agencies are within your area or those that your clients may be using for these type of services. You may even want to talk to your clients to ask if they've had similar situation or if they know of the methods or the training that these staffing agencies or others have been using or have used and what makes them qualified to conduct drug and alcohol testing for them. Any reputable business, any staffing agency that offers these type of services should be able to answer these questions. And if they don't, that would be cause for alarm. The bottom line, these are our clients. These are individuals that we take a personal interest in protecting and helping with their drug and alcohol needs to ensure that they have a safe working environment for all involved. I hope this week's topic has given you food for thought. If you haven't realized or you haven't experienced this, the only thing that I would tell you is to keep your eyes open, communicate with your employers to see if they utilize any of these services and ensure that if they are having these services conducted by the staffing agency, like we just said, ensure that they're able to do that and they're able to do it effectively. And then always ask the question, why or how can we provide these services for you to ensure that you're receiving consistent drug and alcohol testing results and service? Again, we hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Clearing the Haze. And as always, we look forward to bringing you another episode next week. If you have any questions or topics that you would like addressed here on Clearing the Haze, please feel free to contact me at helpclearthehaze at gmail.com. Again, that's helpclearthehaze at gmail.com. If you're interested on in being a guest on Clearing the Haze, please email me at the same email address, helpclearthehaze at gmail.com. Let me know the topic that you're interested in presenting to us and about how long you think you would need in the email, and I will get back to you as soon as possible. Also, remember that you still have time for the early bird registration for the 2021 Indesa Annual Conference, which is going to be May 25th through the 27th. It'll be in St. Louis, Missouri. 
What's really cool about this year's conference is you have two options. You can attend live, of course, or you can attend virtually. Both those options are talked about on the website where you can also see the training schedule, what training is being offered, exhibitors that are going to be there, and also sponsors of this year's conference. Again, that's the Endesa National Conference, May 25th through the 27th, St. Louis, Missouri, both live and virtual. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Clearing the Haze, and we look forward to spending some time with you again next week. But until then, remember, it's your vision, it's your dream, and it's your business. Take care.